Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown with me, Johnny Bullock. Um, I'm still reeling from Gareth Bale's overhead kick last night in the Champions League final. I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you probably watched the Champions League last night. Um, and what a bizarre game it actually was. Um, you know, with Gareth Bale's brilliance, Karius's mistakes, Salah's injury, and it's just had everything the whole game apart from the odd red card. But let's... Let's talk about Middlesbrough. Um, this is of of course the Borough breakdown, and it's been a couple of weeks or so since we last recorded a podcast, and that was with Neil Granger. I um, mean, the the actor Neil Granger, who we spent and we we talked for a good hour um, and, and a half, um, just in regards to his career and about Middlesbrough and what we could do differently to try and beat Aston Villa. Of course, that is irrelevant now. Aston Villa are in the Championship next season and Fulham have been promoted to the Premier League. On the balance of things, Fulham probably deserve to go up um, for the season. They had this, that real second half of the season where they were just unbeatable and they played some excellent football. And I think they'll be good value to watch um, in the Premier League next season. I think they'll probably stay up too um, if they can add to what they've got. And it also depends on who they sell as well, but I would probably tip them just to stay up next season if they maintain the momentum they've they've done this season. But let's 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 talk about Middlesbrough. And I've spent the the last couple of weeks or so dissecting and of Middlesbrough's season and just in general because really it was a very mixed season. I think anyone listening to this podcast would probably agree. I don't think it was probably the most successful season we ever had. Did we hit the targets we set out? At the start of the season, definitely not, um, because we wanted to, quote unquote, smash the league, um, and we never really did that. And I think the Villa performances that we had kind of showed our season in general. Um, we were very lucky to get there. You know, Pulis did an exceptional job. Someone he took over to try and get us in those positions. He really built on the momentum at the right time of the season which was great for our success. Um, but 
in the balance of play against Aston Villa over the two legs, we weren't good enough. It, it's as simple as that. We weren't good enough at all. Um, you can point and say maybe Johnson's handball should have been sent off. That shouldn't really be relevant at all because in 180 minutes, if you have, say, three, four shots on target out of those two games, do you deserve to actually go through? Probably not. You know, in in possession, we did look quite comfortable. We looked quite good on the ball. It was good movement. Yes, Traore is a little bit quiet and he's our main outlet, but you shouldn't have to rely on him. You know, players didn't really... What's probably the best word to say? I wouldn't say they didn't show up. They just didn't look as good as they did in, in recent weeks. And Villa did a job on us twice. And they did... They can deserve to go through. They were probably the better of the two shit teams in the in the, in, the, in the in the playoffs, and I think Fulham, like I mentioned, there deserved to to go off on the the base of things. But so short term, did we have a good season? If you said from March to May, yes, we did have a good season. We. Well, actually, no, probably go back from that. When Tony Pulis took over, the championship playoffs were a bit of a dream. And Pulis actually reinstated a bit of that faith and got us into those positions. So, and the balance of things are there. Yes, it, it's very, very successful of his job. His job was to get us in the playoffs, and he did that with what a game of spare. So, that's, yeah, it's good. Long term, no, I don't think it was a good season. There's teams in the championship that had a better season than us and Yusuf said it was great on our, on the podcast that we said when we recorded together a few weeks ago um, Millwall have had a much better season than Middlesbrough Football Club have on the balance of things because Millwall newly promoted team they had no right to be near the playoffs this season yet they did just that Sheffield United had a very very good season first time back in the championship for a, a number of years needed to get in the playoff places Millsborough Football Club relegated from the Premier League expected to bounce back at the first attempt never materialised however people saying that okay we yes we had a bit of an inconsistent season I did say that and we was it a successful season probably not but is it a successful season compared to the other teams that we went down with you know Hull City very very poor season I think they finished like 16th 17th Sunderland's <laughs> I said about them the better League 1 football next season back to back relegations so on perspective compared to the championship teams well the, the Premier League teams that we went down with last season we've had a very successful season if you said we should have went up this season it's not successful if you compare it to other teams like the Millwalls, Chef United, Chef Wednesdays, they have we've had a bit of a poor season compared to them. And I remember last year when when Monk came in, and we had a lot of optim- optimism. We we're like, "Yeah, we're going to smash the league. We're going to do exactly what Gibbo said. We're going to do it. We're going to go up." And it was just dross from minute one, um, and we just didn't really click under Gary Monk, and that was a, a shame. But I think Stoke and Gary Rowett um, is very very similar situation to what we were under Gary Monk last season Um, 
a manager who's came to a club with, well, he was previously at a club with no money. Leeds didn't have that much going around, and Monk did a very good job with them. Rowett last season got the derby in the playoff places, didn't spend that much money, or it wasn't that much money to spend. I can't remember what their net figure was, but he essentially got them in the good playoff places. He brought in some good players, and you know, they, it's it's kind of hard to say, but I think Derby did overachieve this season. I, I don't think they're an amazing out, outfit, Derby County. I think they're a good side, um, but in terms of top six material, I don't think they should have been there this season. So when Robert's going to Stoke, he's got the same, well, it's, it's kind of the same situation. Stoke got a lot of money to spend. You know, they need a bit of a clear out very similar to what Middlesbrough had they've hired uh, a champion well an up and coming championship manager in Gary Rowett we did it with Gary Monk will that work with the senior players that they have it's it's too early to tell but the similarities are there maybe interesting to see how Stoke played next season under Gary Rowett yes Gary is, is a good coach but is he going to have the same effect that what Gary Monk had and is each style going to fit to a certain team and there's so many different factors to, to talk about and it's it's very very interesting to see what Gary Rauer actually does and see if he, he does a, a Gary Monk sense um, but I'm, I'm actually looking forward to next season already you know there's there's of course the World Cup to, to happen and England well <laughs> the less said about England the better um, we probably have zero chance of going anywhere close to the World Cup we're not a, we just look like an average side and if we deserve to, if we get any, if we get past the, the round of 16 it'd be a, a successful World Cup in my opinion but with all of that coming I, ex- I expect Middlesbrough to make some changes early on before the World Cup actually happens because when it comes back, there's only a couple of weeks really until the season starts again. So it's the, we're going to have to act very quickly. Um, and Mills will have a huge turnover in staff they need to do in terms of like the coaching roles. I'm not like we brought in Adrian Bevington, is it? Um, as the head of recruitment consultant or some, something that lies some more like the recruitment side of things. Um, playing players I think we will see a bit of a turnover in some of the core players I think the core players of the led of the Tony Mowbray era which has just transformed this team into a promotion winning team it's funny to think that actually Tony Mowbray brought most of those players in like the likes of Ledbetter he gave Ben Gibson his debut of course Ayala was technically Mowbray's Mark Venus's signing but still was more of that Mowbray era um you know, and there's obviously, well, the, the spine's like slowly going now that I'm trying to mention it, but Morbrill pretty much made that team. Oh, well, George Friend, of course, George Friend's part, pretty much part of that team, but that spine needs to be adjusted and changed now. I think we need a huge refreshment and a different investment in the summer. Um, and I think it's a perfect time next season for the youth players to come through. I know we've got the likes of Harry Chapman, of course, Dale Fry, who is breaking through the squad. Um, Tavernier, if he, is he going to get his chance next year? And Lewis Wing. I think they're the four players that you should expect to, to try and make a breakthrough this season. Um, George Miller um, probably won't. I think it's too early for George Miller. I don't think he'll 
he'll feature at all next season. I think he'll probably be on loan somewhere, but if he does come through and scores goals, then happy days, and I'm happy he's proved me wrong. But I think we should maybe gamble on the likes of Chapman, the likes of Tavernier, because if we see Traore go for 20, 30 million pound, um, Ben Gibson go for maybe 12 to, to 18 million pound, um, we have money there to, yes, invest in more of an experienced player, but what do we already have at our disposal? You know, we have Chapman, who is very young and apparently a very, very exciting talent. He scored some amazing goals already throughout his career at a very young age, and he should be probably pushing towards the first team this season. If he's going to, to actually break through, he needs to break through this season. Tavernier, yes, he was excellent when he came through um, earlier in the season under, under Gary Monk, and... Is it his time to come through? Lewis Wing, of course. Lewis Wing is a, a bit older than Tav and and Chapman at the age of 22. And it's, I can't believe 20 people saying 22 that you should be breaking through. And I'm older than that. And it makes me feel really sad about it because I feel like I should, I should just put my boots away because you know you, you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna make it now. And on a professional side of things, well, unless you're Ian Wright and you're going through at like 28 year old, but. Um, Lewis Wing should should start to push through next season, but if but I think the big question for me is, if what's the point in having an academy if you're not going to bring players through? Um, I know as a youth player, your chances are of making a professional are astronomically small. The they're so small to break through. The likes of Man City, the likes of Manchester United, the likes of Middles, like obviously Middles were, were technically a Grade One academy so we were very very high ranking academy but the the chances of a player making it through is so small it's like the return investment is is quite shit really if you think about it um and there's a there's a lot of pressure on these young guys this season to actually try and break through and the question is if they don't break through then what do we have coming through that's the the whole point i'm trying to make here if they if they can't make it through and what chances do we have in players coming through um i think pulis will i think pulis is quite known for for giving some of the youth players a chance and i think he will have a look at the players at his disposal in the summer and see what we've got and what we need because yes chapman and tavernier and wing probably aren't as gifted as triaria but will they grow to be a player very similar to that or well, a, a, a very close to that but it'd be interesting to see what, what we, we do with, with the youth players next season and it kind of brings me on to the question that Adam Campbell um, he's, at, at, he's at that Adam Campbell at that Adam Campbell that's a real handful that um, but he said so jumping on the, the lazy journalist wagon no doubt we'll end up being linked with every Stoke West Brom player with, with the Pulis link is there any players that stand out to you? Is there anyone that you'd want over the current squad and why? The, the blunt answer to that is no. I, I don't think there is players that stick out for me. Well, not stick out for me, but I would want there from the current squad. However, there is the likes of Johnny Walters, Chris Brunn, James Morrison, um, Macaulay, of course, which they're kind of the, the four players for me that stick out of... You know they could probably come back. They could probably come and do a job for maybe a season, um, but that's about it. Maybe like Johnny Walters is thirty-four years of age. What's the point? 
you know, there's okay, he'd be good for a season. He's a good talent, Johnny Walters, good potential, a uh, good potential championship striker, but not really. I, I don't really want him in the team next season. Thirty-four year old. I'd rather have someone who is banging the prime um, and actually scoring goals. Um, the players, I probably, if I had to pick, would probably be James Morrison and Chris and Chris Brown, just because of the not just the Borough link, but the they would actually do a job for us in midfield. Um, and I think Chris Brown would be a great signing for maybe the centre midfield role if we were to need them. Um, I don't think it's. I get I get the Pulis link. I do I do get that, but there is different players out there who could do a better job for us um, maybe you look at the you look at the Premier League teams who aren't getting a look in or do you follow do you go for teams that are, have just been relegated and you think oh well do I take a chance on him um, or do you go abroad there's there's so many different things that you can actually put together um, and I know I've, I've been seeing a lot of rounds on, on Twitter of course of oh, maybe Borough need a number 10 we need a number 10 um, but is there a point of getting number 10 if you're playing a 4-3-3 formation because the number 10's not even there um, in the system that we play but if we were to play number 10 who would you get so there's the likes of James do you break the bank and try and get James Madison who's been linked with the likes of Tottenham earlier in in, in January do you go for Bradley Dack um, at Blackburn Bradley Dack's a great player you know if you've been watching League 1 this season he was instrumental of getting Tony Mowbray's side up um, do you go back and try and speak to maybe Lee Tomlin Lee Tomlin was great at the Riverside for his couple of seasons but is he a Pulis type player and then there's the likes of well do we even need one in the first place because if we don't even play the system then there's absolutely no point in getting them you know you'd rather get pacey wingers or the um, and a more attacking midfielder who pushes the link, well, creates the link for the the striker. Um, I think top priority is hopefully to try and get Bezic back. If we can't get Bezic back, then who do we bring in? You know, we do have Desart coming back. Desart we probably won't get a game. I think Barragan's gonna go. Um, I think I don't think any of the loan players will feature next season. Can't see Breath. We're coming back at all. I think he'll go to Toulouse. Um, still, but. You know, it, it's interesting. It, it's very, very interesting of what we can do and what we what we can't do. Um, I was speaking to a number of my friends and my, my dad about this. Middlesbrough could be in a very, very good position come August. You know, if we see the likes of Ben Gibson go for 18 million, if we see Traore go for about 30, you know, 30 million pound for Adama Traore is, you'd probably think it's quite laughable. Um, just because of his age, the league he's in and can potentially be inconsistent however we know that we've seen some amazing performances from Madame Trero and we think yep he's absolutely worth that money but if you don't watch it you think 30 million for a championship player you're having a laugh um, but with Traore it's different If even if we get 20 million up front and then add-ons from there that would probably be worth it because his stock could actually potentially rise if he goes into the right team the right system the right manager it can just his career could just take off in a sense, you know. You could use we could lose them too. Friend could probably go. Ledbetter is probably going to go. Um, you know, there's could you see the likes of Clayton potentially leave? I don't think so. But 
the money could potentially be there. Britta Sombalonga, how much can we recoup from him if we were to sell him, if he's not that, that tawny, pure striker that everyone thinks he's not, but he does actually fit the system, and he has shown he can fit the system. So if we can get 10 million for him, 20 so say 10 million for uh, Sombalonga, 18 million for Gibson, well, 12 million for Gibson, that's 22 million, 30 for Trier, that's like 50 odd million, plus the 41 million that we'll get next season from the from the, the Premier League, he's speaking up nearly 100 million there, in just in income money. Of course, Millsborough will not spend 100 million in the Championship. That is absolutely absurd. That is ridiculous. That is not going to happen. But in terms of financial state, we're actually probably in a very, very good place to invest in the squad this season and do an overhaul that we actually do need. Now, there's a lot that goes on in terms of players coming in and going out puzzle it's like a huge puzzle and we have to try and get the right players that fit the system and will fit in with the, the guys around us and who will get fans off the seat and it's going to be a, a long summer in terms of ins and outs and I think we will see some fan favourites go and we have to be prepared for that and I think we have to trust Pulis in terms of what he wants to do um, but I think we will be in much better shape in August than we were in May well well, well the end of the season against Aston Villa I think we'll be in a lot better shape so this kind of leads me on to as we come towards more of the end of, of, of the podcast and I try to keep this very very brief um, because we do have some good podcasts coming up um, one guest that we do have coming up is Neil Madison <laughs> I can't believe I'm actually getting Maddo on. Maddo, we're going to talk obviously with Maddo. We're going to talk about this season just gone. We're going to talk about his career and get some really good stories from from Maddo. He's, he's a terrific lad, and I know he gets a lot of stick on BBC T's from deluded fans. And I'm going to hopefully try and probe him out with that one. And um, that should be in a couple of weeks' time. Um, we've got a couple of ex players lined up. I can't really say too much yet because I kind of want them to happen. Uh, but one of them's currently playing in the US at the minute uh, and I absolutely loved him when he was at the club and even though he was hated by some people um, I absolutely loved him so I hope he can come on but I'm keeping that very close to my chest I do have a lot of Borough fans lined up as well and I'm reaching out to a few um, just to see get a, a fan's perspective what I'm very very keen on is getting different fans opinions and talk and just talk borough really um i know sometimes i can be quite boring in terms of my analysis so it's nice to get another different fans perspective on this we have a few fans lined up me and dana will be recording the podcast very soon um and yeah we just we've got a lot of a lot of things planned up planned really um and it's very very exciting time for the podcast to actually take off we'll try to make a couple of partnerships with different companies to not sponsored, but try and get more of an awareness thing out of there, especially with mental health. We're trying. We've got a couple of things lined up there just to to get the word out, essentially, and trying to try to make a difference with this with this podcast. Um, the next podcast will be in a couple of weeks, of course, and hopefully that'll be with Maddo. Um, I'm moving to the states for four months, so I'll be recording from New York, which is just bizarre, but the podcast will be getting reached out and I'll try and keep up to date as much as I can with the Borough with Borough transfers and ins and outs and we're going to try and get Graham Bailey back on as well the Graham Bailey podcast is a very very good podcast and 
a, lot, a number of people say, oh, I'm not going to listen to it because it's Graham Bailey, but if you actually listen to the context of the podcast, it's actually very, very good insight to how we play, potential players coming in and out. You know, I highly recommend it. Of course, there's the podcast with Yusuf. Um, we'll probably be getting Yusuf back on. I was speaking to Yusuf this morning, and I know there's been a lot that's going on with Yusuf at the moment. And I must say this, that the fans who were trolling or giving the racist remarks, you are not a fan of this football club. You are literally just not a fan. In, in my opinion, Yusuf is a terrific guy. You know, he does not deserve that you know taunts or abuse um he's very very passionate guy he's very very knowledgeable as well um of the game none of what he says is an act he's a tremendous guy you know i couldn't speak highly of yusuf um and we're getting him back on as well to just towards the start of the season or as the season starts off and finally i know i've been rambling on and saying who we're getting on i can't really say too much but we are hoping to create a new show which goes alongside this podcast um, and it's called The Borough Breakdown Extra Time and what we're going to essentially do and the format will be is we're going to be getting fans on probably the day after games, two or three fans on and we'll either reach out to you or reach out to us and we'll get you on um, and we'll just chat about the game even if it's about for five, ten minutes at a time or we'll just do a Skype call with three or four fans and we'll just talk about the game and get different perspectives and I think it'll work really well um, so yeah we've got a lot of things planned um, really exciting times for this page exciting times for the blog if you want to if you want to follow us or obviously follow us at the board breakdown if you're not already but everything MFC of course we're very we're, we're tied together me and then so essentially two different pages came together so yeah um Let's round this up. Um, as always, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Um, please share, like, subscribe to our channel. Um, and hopefully I'll speak to you with Neil Madison in a couple of weeks. So take care and up the borough. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 